This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Boomer and Geo on the fan and the CBS Sports Network. Sizing Greg Giannotti, it's Boomer and Geo on the fans, simulcasts across the country on CBS Sports Network and wherever you are in the free Odyssey app. Good Thursday morning. We did get some updates from DeMar Hamlin's condition and also a little bit of insight into what the NFL may do. But of course, no major decisions have been made about how to proceed with this season. The New York Giants will be playing on Sunday. And then the big question there is, will they play their starters at all? It is a debate. 2007 is in the backs of the minds of many Giants fans and how that season ended. But that was a little bit different. We will talk about that as well. And the Knicks win. The Nets losing streak is snapped. Jerry's going to tell you all about that in about 25 minutes. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? I am doing great, uh, uh, G, and um, I think uh, NFL fans are out there just clamoring for as much uh, information as they can get from the DeMar Hamlin um, situation out in Cincinnati. As you said, he's, we're, we're getting, he's getting better, but slow, slowly. It's a very yeah. slow process, and, uh, you know, we have to be able to, uh, uh, I would say... Think, think about a number of things here going on and, and what's going to happen and what the commissioner is going to do here for the NFL and how he is going to decide moving forward what they do with that Bengals-Bills game. You know, my sense is, is that they're going to cancel that game, that they're just going to cancel it, I, you know, and, and they're going to go back to winning percentage as to determine the seating, assuming that he has spoken to all the owners that are involved, all the teams that are involved, his entire staff that has been laying out all the different um machinations and all the different things that could happen here if in fact that's the way they go and if you remember back in 2020 they did put an amendment into the bylaws that that made it an understanding that there could be teams that played less games than other teams and if that would be the case because of the extreme extenuating circumstances of covid 
that uh, the winning percentage then would decide how the seedings would be and who would win a division, that kind of thing. Uh, they took that amendment out, but it's still something that, that the uh, the commissioner has very, very broad powers in this regard uh, to make these decisions. But I'm sure he is going through uh, a number of different gyrations and scenarios, and he's not going to make a decision lightly. You know, it's going to be it's going to be thoughtful. It's going to be thought through, and it may uh, end up being thought to be by some, not by me, because I understand this is extraordinary circumstances. This is uncharted waters, as we talked about. And they have to do what is in the best interest of the entire league. And most of the owners believe that. Yeah. So when you think about the owners, the Pagulas, the Brown family who own the Bengals, the Bashadi, uh, Steve Bashadi who owns the, the Ravens, and Clark Hunt who owns the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're all in. You know, they're all in for the league. And whatever the league decides will be in the best interest of the league. It may not be in the best interest of their teams in terms of, seating or home field advantage that kind of thing because you know when i was on a team that had home field advantage and it meant everything to us because we had a lot of injuries going into the playoffs that year and we had to really get our collective acts together we needed that week and it's one of the things that you really fight for as a team and that's why i think to go back to your giant point about the Eagles, I think Brian Dable will be smart. He's not playing Saquon Barkley in this game. Yeah, there would really be no reason to. It's not like Saquon Barkley's going to acquire some sort of level of rust by sitting out a game and getting healthy. We're in wild card weekend. He can't be himself. There's no way. Right. And I, I, and I, I maybe maybe Daniel Jones starts the game, is out there, throws a couple passes, and comes off. You know, I, they're not going to be calling running plays for him and things. Sure. Like I, and even though. Tom Coughlin was in a completely different situation because right. the Patriots were undefeated. Talking league history. They were talking league history. And, you know, of course, it's Tom Coughlin. Yeah. And I think if Brian Dayball were in that situation, he would do what uh, Tom Coughlin did. But in this situation, he's got to be very, very careful because he's going to need all of his players to go to Minnesota and beat the Vikings. Right. It, it's not as if depth is the strength of the Giants in this particular time in their history where you feel like back in 2007 2011 maybe the roster was a little more complete i mean they're basically i mean you've seen some of the guys that they have brought in who are contributing isaiah hodgins wasn't even part of this team back in training camp and now he's the number two option when it comes to daniel jones in the passing game only behind darius slayton right so i i think the commissioner is going to come out today He'll give a he'll give an update on the schedule. I'm sure he'll talk about Demar Hamlin and everything else. So you think that he, there's going to be a Roger Goodell press conference? You think today? I, well, I know the NFL talked a little bit yesterday. Okay, uh, they you know they put Troy Vincent out there, and, and I think it was I think his name is Larry Miller, one of the league executives. And I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Roger Goodell has to be seen. He has to say something. He it's got to be his face. It's his league, and you know he guided this team or this league, through the 2020 COVID pandemic. And you remember they were moving games around, and they had to move games around. You know, had an outbreak with this team, had an outbreak with that team. And really nobody knew what the extenuating circumstances were in the middle of all of that. So he guided them through the league uh, year. And even though fans were not allowed to come to those games, and we did the Super Bowl down in Tampa, I think there were about 25,000 fans at that game, all separated. Yeah. Um, you know, he guided it through, and, and I think most... If not all the ownership groups appreciated the steadfast leadership that he gave them in that case. So you can say whatever you want about Roger Goodell. He got him through. So now he's confronted with yet another circumstances, uh, circumstance that is completely unprecedented and, uh, he'll make a decision. And I, I think they're going to, they're, they'll cancel the Bengals Bills game. I can't imagine the Bills getting on a plane going back to Cincinnati. I just, I just can't imagine the Bills playing a game yeah. at Paycor Stadium after what just went happened. That's part of it.
in kind of getting the players back into the mode and into the rhythm and into a routine of getting ready to play a game. And who knows what they're going to... I would think that on Sunday when they play the Patriots, you know, the game will stop. There'll be a prayer before the game. They'll probably raise a flag with DeMar's number on it, letting everybody know that they're all thinking and praying about him and they're all there for him. Everybody's written checks to his... His, uh, his charity, everybody is doing everything they possibly can. So we yeah. all need to multitask. We all need to have some normalcy in our lives. And I do believe that the most normal thing in my eyes would be that they would cancel that game and then that they would go back to win percentage. Now, if Kansas City wins on Sunday, that's when it, it becomes the issue. You know? Well, I mean, it's going to become the issue no matter what happens because there were two teams involved that are going to be affected by this, regardless of the outcome of the game. Did you hear his, uh, Zach Taylor speak yesterday? I did not hear Zach All right, Taylor. so Zach Taylor was amazing in his press conference, and he talked about his conversations with Sean McDermott on the field. Mm-hmm. And we all thought, looking at it from uh, where we were sitting, and most of uh, the guys that, that I talked to all felt like it was Zach and Sean that were talking that ultimately, I think, canceled the game. Because Sean McDermott said to Zach Taylor, according to Zach Taylor, that, look, and I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, I, I shouldn't be coaching this game. I should be with DeMar at the hospital and his family. That's where I should be. Yeah. And that's when I think they realized that, you know, this is bigger than the game and that, you know, we're taking our teams off the field. And then the phones call started and, and you know, there's a lot of things that go on, especially when the commissioner is in one spot, Troy Vincent is in one spot, Maurice Smith is in one spot. You got coaches, you got owners, you got 70,000 fans at a game. So they have to go through all of the different levels of communication to get to where they ultimately got to and and postpone the game at that moment. But I think they're going to cancel it, and I think that's the smart thing to do. And then they'll talk to all the ownership groups that are going to be affected. And Cincinnati could have gotten to the number one seed if they would have won on Monday night, beat Baltimore, and Kansas City lose at Las Vegas. Yeah, that's why I said that both of these teams were affected by regardless of what happens in week 18. So you're just going to have to deal with that. And I don't think anybody's going to come out and be like, man, this really screwed us this season. I don't think anybody's going to say that. I mean, there'll be be a a faction of fandoms. Well, fans, yeah, but I'm talking about people that like like in the... You know, the owners and the players and the coaches, like no one's going to say that. You just, what you want, you just want practical, you want you want to think what's best for everybody, and you want to try to do it as fairly as you possibly can. And like I said, the, the commissioner has broad powers, he, could, he can make this decision, but he doesn't make it lightly. He knows he has to talk to the Hunt family, he's got to talk to the Brown family, the Pagula family, the Bashadi family. You know, he's got to talk to all of these families that are owners of these teams. And I, I'm, I look, Mike Brown's been around a long time, his dad was Paul Brown. You know, I know for a fact, for playing for him for 10 years, that he will do what's ever in the best interest of the league. It's not a, it, his team comes first, of course, but they'll do what's ever in the best interest of the league. And by the way, Zach Taylor did say yesterday, he goes, look, we're behind the Buffalo Bills 100%. Whatever they need, whatever has to happen, you know, we're, you got to remember, football coaches are conditioned to talk to their athletes through adversity, both this kind of adversity that they're both dealing with, that we're all dealing with, and two, the adversity of maybe being in the middle of a three-game losing streak or losing your starting quarterback and getting Cooper Rush back on the field for the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. and saying, we got to support our backup quarterback, or like what Nick Sirianni's dealing with with Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Right sure. Now. So there's all sorts of adversity that kind of shows up all throughout the season 
that these coaches are conditioned to handle and stand in front of their team and say, look, man, we don't make any excuses. And how many times has Rob Sala said in his press conference, I'm not making an excuse. He'll start out by saying that. Yeah, I mean, every head coach says the same thing, you know, when they bring up injuries or whatever. Although Joe Judge did make a bunch of excuses when he ended up talking himself out of the job uh, at the end of last year. But I did find it interesting that Troy Vincent yesterday, when talking about all the scenarios, didn't rule out the fact that the Bills-Patriots game on Week 18 you know, might be postponed. He didn't rule that out because he basically was saying we have to take the guide from Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills. So you were talking about what the Bills want and then the Bengals and what Zach Taylor said. Troy Vincent, you know, he's, Kate, we have to make that decision collectively with the club. So if the Buffalo Bills feel like they can't play on Sunday and don't want to play on Sunday and they go to the NFL and Roger Goodell and tell them that, then what? You know what? I, I just, again, you can't speak for every individual involved, every player involved. Somebody asked me yesterday, you know, if a teammate of yours who happened to be a really close friend of DeMar Hamlin couldn't play because of what he saw, what he witnessed, what he's dealing with, would you understand that? And I said, of course I would. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would like to have all hands on deck. And I would like to think that the Buffalo Bills, if they, I'm, I'm assuming they are playing, but if the, if the, once the Buffalo Bills step on that field and that fan base welcomes them onto that field, do you know what that's going to feel like? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm just, and I, I would, I would try to tell the players, look, your fans want you, yeah, they want you to play the game, but they want you here because they want to show you how much love they have for your team and the way that you've acted and the way that you've carried yourselves and the things that you've asked for that they've delivered as fans. You know, they want you out there on Sunday. You know, yeah, of course they want you to win, and they want you to go on to win a Super Bowl. And then I was thinking to myself, the best case scenario for all of this would be for the Buffalo Bills to go on and win a Super Bowl, DeMar Hamlin walk out of that hospital, and they put that Super Bowl ring on his finger after winning it. That would be an amazing... Well, yeah, hand, I mean, hand them the Lombardi. I mean, the rings wouldn't be yeah, ready at that point. Yeah, well, hand them the Lombardi. Hand them the Lombardi trophy. Or our, our hopes and prayers are, are that he is going to get up and walk out of that hospital whenever he's able to do that. That's what everybody's hoping for, what everybody wants. And then for his team to go out there, I can't, you know, just from a football standpoint, the whole motivating factor. I, you know, we, we had our right tackle, Joe Walter, got hurt in our last regular season game the year that we went to the Super Bowl and I wrote the number 63 on the side of his helmet you know we had Tim Crumright break his leg in the mm. middle of our Super Bowl game yeah. and he's sitting in the locker room with a broken leg yeah and he said he's not leaving the stadium until the game's over and he broke his leg in the first quarter it goes to show you how much this means to all the men that are playing so I would like to think that 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 kind of mindset is going to set in for these players hopefully all of the players and they'll be able to in be a part of what I think is going to be an incredibly emotional and really, really uh, powerful moment on Sunday up there in Bill, uh, up, up there in whatever that stadium's called. I can't remember what that stadium's yeah, called. Yeah, I think you've told me in the past, too, that even though you've seen some crazy stuff on the field and teammates get hurt, and this is obviously a lot different with DeMar Hamlin and the CPR and everything else, but once you get out there and start playing, you just, you're out there and you're playing because you've done this your entire life, mm-hmm. and you can't think that much while you're out there because that's going to be a detriment to you. So even though the Bills players right now are probably like, man, I don't know if I could do this, 
if they had to do it and they went out there and they played, I'm sure that they would just they would just play. Their instincts would kick in and they'd be themselves. Well, hopefully they get their minds right. They're yeah. getting ready to play New England. And uh, and and they put forth the effort that is required to play to play at a high level and and play for Demar, play for and I, and I would assume again if it were me, I would want my teammates to play. I'd want them out there playing. I want them to live their dream and and to go for the goal that we all set at the beginning of the year, and that was to get back to the Super Bowl. You know, they lost the game in Kansas City last year in the AFC champion uh, in the uh, divisional round, yeah. which was one of the most amazing games in the history of the NFL, and unfortunately. Josh Allen never got the ball back at the in overtime because Kansas City scored their touchdown. The rules have been changed because of that game. So when the playoffs start, if a team scores a touchdown, the other team is going to have a right to go and score a touchdown themselves to tie the game. So the quarterback doesn't sit on the sideline like both Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen did in previous playoff runs. So I, there's a lot of stuff going on here. And, uh, you know, I just think uh, we, we can talk about all of this and we can still even think about DeMar at the same time. You know, we can multitask here. And I think that's what the NFL is trying to figure out. And they're trying to thread the needle. And somebody is going to be, you know, have to make sacrifices. Probably two or three teams are going to have to make sacrifices. And this thing may end up going in the AFC right through Kansas City again. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. We've got Jerry Recco in here with his first update of the day. And, of course, you had a impressive performance by Jalen Brunson and the Nets winning streak snap that he will get to as well. Good morning, Jerry. What's happening? Well, good morning. We're brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. In terms of the DeMar Hamlin situation and the game the other night, I think this is the quote uh, that you were talking about uh, a few minutes ago, Boomer. This was Zach Taylor revealing that conversation he had with Sean McDermott on the field when things were happening. The first thing he said was, I need to be at the hospital for tomorrow, and I shouldn't be coaching this game. And so that, to me, provides all the clarity because there, there was no uh, unprecedented is the word that gets thrown out a lot about this situation because that's what it is. Uh, but in that moment, he really uh, showed who he was, that, that all his focus was just on 
tomorrow. And, of course, we know how the rest of the night went. Um, Joe Burrow did speak yesterday. He was asked his thoughts on finishing the game or not finishing the game with the Bills. I think that would be tough, uh, just just scheduling-wise. I think, you know, I think whatever Buffalo would want to do would be what we would want to do as well. We're, you know, behind them 100% and support them in, in whatever they would decide to do going forward. So we'll see. No decision has been made on that or uh, determination as of now. Uh, Giants-Eagles on Sunday. So i got to take you back to yesterday when I played this clip from from Tuesday. Jeff Saturday talking about Kayvon Thibodeau and the uh, the snow angel he did next to Nick Foles, who was obviously injured on the field, though Thibodeau didn't know about it. This was Saturday, just as a refresher. Yeah, tasteless uh, from the from the celebration afterwards. Just you know, trash. Not a fan of it at all. <laughs> so Thibodeau yesterday met the media. Now this is a thirty second exchange with a reporter, where I think the question was asked of him was something along the lines of you know. There have been critics about what you did, and they mentioned that it was Jeff Saturday. And Thibodeau basically doesn't understand who he has to answer to in terms of critics. Who, that's what I'm saying. Who's the gatekeeper of when to do something? So once we figure out who the gatekeeper is, then we can write the rules and then we can establish, you know, the narratives and things like that. But until, you know, you guys actually are in the sport and do it and be in that moment, you can't create a narrative on it, you know? Well, we're not creating a narrative on it. The guy, the other team's coach had a problem with it. He's the guy who played the game. The other team's players I don't, I don't had know a who problem he is. No, I just don't know who, like, anybody who commented on it, unless I know who they are, doesn't really affect me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just an unbelievably ridiculous answer. But at that point, I hope someone, but I guess they didn't follow up and go, I'm telling you who he is. He's the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts who played the game for over a decade. <laughs> so if you're telling me that we can't criticize you because we weren't out there, we didn't play the game, that's one thing. The guy who's really criticizing you did play the game. At a very high level. I'll tell you what, it's really hard to root for a guy like this. It really is. I mean, you know, and the images of him doing your snow angel as Nick Foles is going through whatever he's going through right next to him. like that's shaking. the first time I saw that yeah. video. Yeah, so so what what's happening there, it looks like he's uh, lost his breath. He got the wind knocked yeah, out of him because he fell on the ball. And by the way, again, I look at that, pl- I look at that play and I'm saying, how is that not a penalty? And then right. you're not supposed to tackle the quarterback like that. You're not supposed to drive him into the ground with all your weight on him. That's the kind of crap play that we're trying to get out of the out of the league. So here's a guy that's laying on his back, got the wind knocked out of him, probably broke a rib or two, kind, kind of like um, you know uh, Mike White. And I'm just thinking that here he is, completely unaware of what's going on. Okay, so what he could have said is said, "Look, I didn't realize he was hurt." Yeah, you know, I was laying on my back. I was doing my snow angel. I'm sorry, I didn't realize what that looked like. That's all you had to say. Well, then I would have said, okay, when you did realize he was hurt, you went to the sideline and did the sleeping motion. So now what? The kid's clueless. Well, I mean, in this regard, anyway, it seems sounds sounds like a pretty smart kid and should know better. But he's still a kid and he's still trying to figure it out. But he's hard to root for. I can tell you that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that he wouldn't appreciate it if that were Daniel Jones that were on the ground and there was a defensive player or, that were doing that. Go back to go back to go back to uh, preseason when he took a, a shot to the knee, right? Uh, by I think a Bengal tight end. I think it was. Yeah, it doesn't matter, but right? Yeah. And you know, if that tight end stood over him and goes night night bye bye, you know that right. kind of thing. I mean, that's, yeah. that's or pretends he's on crutches or something. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, well, come on. But here's yeah. the thing about the NFL. It's the great equalizer. 
you know, eventually got to respect the game or the game is going to get you. Sooner or later, it's going to get you. And Jeff Saturday, too, to his credit, was very, not very, but was upset his guys didn't come to Foles' defense in that situation to do a damn thing about it. But remember, you know, he's a former offensive lineman. He's a former right. all-pro center. Yeah. And the center is the leader of those guys. Yeah. And, you know, Peyton Manning, I'm sure, took really good care of those guys. And those guys took really good care of Peyton Manning. This is Nick Falls. He's been there for six months. These guys are having a hard time offensively anyway and probably didn't even realize what it looked like. But could you imagine if one of the offensive linemen would have like went down and speared Kayvon Thibodeau when he was on the ground doing his snow angels? I mean, I'm that would have looked like. I'm, I'm shocked that one didn't. Right. Or at least when he got up, got pushed to the ground or something. I mean, that's a that's a personal foul you'll take every single time. Yep. Especially in a game like that. Yeah. Season's over. Well, I would say that it would probably happen if it were... Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, something like that happened to one of those guys. Because that's the meal ticket for everybody on that team. Yeah. And that and those guys have long term relationships with the guys that they're playing with in a little different perspective, you know, as opposed to, you know, Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday on the field together. Jets Dolphins this weekend. Mike White starts, Joe Flacco, the backup. Talk about kids trying to figure it out. Uh that would be Zach Wilson. Rob Solid did have some advice for Wilson for this weekend. Go read a book, go do something. I mean, I just, I, you know, I don't understand. So are you going to dust them off to play two critical games when the season is on the line, but then when the season isn't on the line and you could just have him go out there and his performance essentially doesn't matter, you're going to tell him to read a book. Go read a book, go do something. <laughs> Go read a book. Go do something. I mean, what is the full quote? He's like, I, I got to hear the full quote. I can't just hear like, come what on. What are you talking about? I, this is what he said. Go read a book. Go do something. There's got to be something else attached to that. Come on, He Jerry. wants him to get his mind off football and reset. Okay. Which is which has been his narrative. Now, now he also, but weeks. he also supported <laughs> Zach Wilson. Well, come hell, hell to high, play that, though. I know, but come <laughs> hell or high water, we're going to support this kid. Yes. He basically also said that. He has been saying that for weeks. He's I, never wavered from that. Right. Okay, so <laughs> that's I, more that, fun that, that, that's, that's cheap, Jerry. You're just making him. I disagree. I, I disagree. It. It's cheap. But <laughs> I, need to hear, I need to hear the whole thing in totality. All right, I guess I can play it. Go read a book. Go do something. Uh, get away from this game. Just just reset. Uh, you know, um, I think the greatest strength and greatest gift you can give yourself as a human is to figure out what's important to you. What do you value and uh, and how can you stick to those values day in and day out? That is the greatest gift you can give yourself is right. to discover I mean, that's yourself. That's fine. Or we right. could just book. Go do something. You're mean, Jerry. You're really mean. I'm the mean one. Everyone wants Zach Wilson sent to Alaska, and I'm the mean Let's one. Say Coach Peichel was going through this. Would you would you play something like that? Like a greatest college coach ever. Would right. Never do exactly. That. Okay. <laughs> By the way, I'll see you tonight. I know. So I've heard. Oh, it's tonight. Yes. That is wow. tonight. Yeah. Looking forward to this. Um, yes, what time will you be there? I'm not telling right you. Right before tip-off? I'm not telling you. <laughs> I'm sure. That's Half fine. time. Half time. No, I'll be there before that. Of course. Uh, would you start Mike White or Zach Wilson this week? Uh, probably Mike White. You would? Yeah, because I don't think, I don't, what do you get out of starting Zach Wilson? What do you get out of starting Mike White? I don't know. Is he healthy? If he's healthy, he goes not healthy last really week. Well. I want to, I, right. But I don't you feel know like what Mike White is healthy. You know that already. I think I do. Well, okay. I think I do. But I mean, isn't this the perfect spot for a kid who is just like he completely lost? Game doesn't matter. Go out there, play fast and lose. Yes. You had another couple weeks off. But risk reward, I think the risk could outweigh the reward here. Well, the reward is how nothing. much worse can it get for Zach Wilson? He could, as I said to Al, he could go nine for thirty for ninety-two yards. Yeah, but and everybody throw three thinks picks. he stinks anyway. I know that, but then at that point, you gotta just so here's the, with him. So when you play the rest of that quote. 
That's that's the money stuff that he's talking about. I suppose because he's talking about uh, you know give yourself. What did he say? Something along the lines what of... What did he say? Go read a book, go do something. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> After that, and it really gives you a perspective like, you know, is football number one in your life? That's what every quarterback has to be. Has to has to love the game, has to love uh, the grind of it, has to love the getting ready to play and understanding who you're playing, all of that stuff. And he does say that about this young man. You know, you you got to get your priorities straight. That's the Mills. money quote. <laughs> Maybe he... Uh, Maybe you should send him a copy of A Boy Named Boomer. Maybe that's the book he should he should read. Well, why are you bringing me into this? Like, why <laughs> because you I think like, that would be perfect. It's I, just like it's a children's book. He seems like a child. It's about you. You were a Jet quarterback. I think that'd be the perfect book to read. No, you're... That's not nice. What do you mean it's not nice? I mean, you, like, you sell you saying, another copy of that. All I'm saying is that the real meat and potatoes of that quote is not to read a book and go do something. Yes, it's it the other part. It's uh, to get yourself... Uh, you know, the priority straight, understand what you want in life and what Bills. you want to get out of life. <laughs> All right, okay. I mean, you guys are unbelievable. I agree. You guys are unbelievable. <laughs> you just can't help yourselves. That's and funny. Eddie can't help himself. No. So, but that, again, what he says after that, reading the book and everything else, is is the money spot. And, and, and I, it tells me that they think that he's not committed to the craft of being an NFL quarterback. That's what it tells me. Now, the Dolphins are, are signing Mike Glennon. Mike McDaniel was asked why. Um, well, it, it was just his first name. I th- thought there was some, someone good there. And it, and it, it reminded me a lot of myself and, and um, his physical um, appearance. Is this guy serious? <laughs> I saw a great Instagram meme about Mike I mean, McDaniel. Be Sean Payton and Tom Brady in, in uh, Miami next year. Maybe. God dang uh, it. But uh, this, this meme about Mike McDaniel said, Mike McDaniel runs the Dolphins like his dad went on vacation and he was running the company for two weeks. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, the, way, the way that he does things, like he's making these jokes and the way he does practice. We do like him though, right? I do like him, yeah. He's, but, yes, he's got personality. It's weird, but I like him. I kind of like it too. I don't know. How do you feel about it, Eddie? You're the Dolphin fan. I like him. I figured you would. <laughs> uh, Lions-Packers on Sunday night. Dan Campbell was asked, what does it say about your team? You guys had a really rough start to the season. And look where you are. It's possible you could be playing for a playoff spot Sunday night if things break right. Um, you know, we hit a rough spot. We stayed with it. And then here we are. I mean, I, I just think more than anything, it's... Um, I don't know what it says. I'm just rambling right now. <laughs> I mean, he's coaches, man. It's a long they season. Talk too much. There's a yeah. long season. No, they're not, not like, like the baseball managers. They're not like the baseball managers. They do three times every day, every single day. Yeah, but they do talk too much, though, too. Even like listening to Sala yesterday, all jokes aside, he d- stopped talking. He talks in circles and doesn't stop. Yeah, it's a long season. Man. I know. I know. Long, long season. Uh, here is Aaron Rodgers. He was on with uh, Jim Rome. The Lions, no joke, not taking them lightly. It's a real good football team. They won seven out of nine games coming in and and you know there, there'll be something that happens you know in the 325 slot uh in the seattle game that uh is going to affect their uh their opportunity as well so we'll see i don't think that's going to change the way they play but you never know all right to the basketball 
Uh, I'll do the Knicks first because they did win last night as they would beat the Spurs at Madison Square Garden. Big game for your guy, Jalen Brunson. Brunson off his back foot scores, gives him 31. It's his sixth 30-point game as it is. Yeah, Brunson doing whatever he likes off the bounce. And that is Ed Cohen. You know who reminds me of Clyde on MSG? I, you guys wouldn't remember this, but you know Clyde used to do stuff like this. Go in the paint, fall away jumpers. You know, he'd always make them when the game was on the line. He was in control of the game, control of the ball. That's why he's our greatest Nick ever. And uh, I got to say, even though we're in a different time and it's a different type of game, uh, that's the way this kid plays the game. Interesting you say that. So Greg Popovich talked to the media before the game. They asked him why score, you know, scoring is so up and it looks like teams don't play defense. And he basically said everyone is so skilled now. And the way they get up and down the floor, it's really hard to actually defend. And the three-point shot has changed the game to where he then said... I'm, I'm just hoping that the league ends up with a, a four-point shot or a five-point shot so we can make it a real circus. And it'll be a different sport. It won't even be basketball. It'll just be a bunch of crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll tell you. What have I been saying? Sir, take the three point... more miserable than that guy. <laughs> take the three-point line out, man. Well, I don't think they're doing that. I think you have better chance that they do at a four-point line rather than take... Mm. Take it away. No, but uh, listen, here's one of your great basketball coaches of all time basically telling you that the thing is a circus already. Yeah, agreed. Well, he's it's not even sucks right now, too. I mean, that's another point. He's got a lot of good young pieces. And you think he'd be talking about how the game stinks if he was a one seed right now in the Western Conference? Probably not. I will say this, though, that you know Jalen Brunson is a guy that plays inside the three-point line, although he can hit three-pointers and has. But when you watch his game, a lot of it is inside the three-point lines. A lot of... You know, fall away jumpers get into the got paint. A good mid-range game. Oh, he's got saying. an unbelievable game, and he controls the game too. And so. you will, and you'll like this on MSG afterwards, talking about getting his new career high at the Garden. It means a lot. Uh, this building, this team has a lot of history, so uh, I'm just happy I was able to do it here. Um, I love this place. Let's continue to keep rolling. Let's keep going. So, Perfect. That's how you do it. That's how a leader does it. By the way, who was he? Did he have a shirt on when he was being? <laughs> <laughs> I think he did. Okay. Uh, Julius Randle, 25, 13, and four block shots. Three straight wins for the Knicks. The Nets had their 12-game winning streak snapped in Chicago. They lose 121-112 to the Bulls. All five starters for Chicago in double figures. DeMar DeRozan had 22. Here was Jacques Vaughn giving them their props. Tip your hat to, to them. They, they came to play. They were uh, pretty desperate to get a win. And... Uh... We needed that same desperation. Kevin Durant had 44 in the loss on 15 of 22 shooting, but not enough because the Nets found themselves trailing right at the start and never got all the way back. We were playing catch-up a bit, and against this team, we got um, three elite scores from all angles of the floor. You got to be, uh, you got to do your work early, and you got to just be there on the catch, you know, so I felt like a lot of times we chasing a bit. And so they're now 25 and 13 are the Nets, the Knicks 21 and 18 on the season. Also from last night, Sixers, uh, defeat the Pacers in overtime 129, 120, Anthony Melton scores 19 with the go ahead three in overtime. Uh, what else of note? The Grizzlies beat the Hornets 131, 107, Bucks over the Raptors in overtime. How about Giannis's line? 30 points, 21 rebounds, <laughs> and 10 assists. And LeBron didn't play and the Lakers beat the Heat 112, 109. Number four, UConn lost to Providence 73, 61. This is, I mean, this is awful. Georgetown lost again. They lost to Villanova 73-57. They have lost 25 straight regular season conference games. <sighs> and that's one of those situations where you got the legend coaching them. Yeah. And it's it not going to happen. They, they, not know, going well. Yeah. Hasn't for... I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if like Georgetown or somebody reaches out to Tommy Amaker up at Harvard. 
Mm. Well, I'm sure teams have been reaching out to Tommy Amaker. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I'm just thinking that. It just is not going well at Georgetown right no, now. No, it's going terribly. Yeah. Uh, Fordham lost to Rhode Island. Uh, and number 16, Duke lost to NC State, 84-60. Rutgers, Maryland tonight. Coverage on WCBS, 880 at 6-15. The Devils beat the Red Wings 5-1. to So they've won two of three. Tonight, the Devils take on the Blues. The Rangers play in Montreal. The Islanders in Edmonton. And another monster deal in baseball. The Red Sox keeping Raphael Devers. 11 years, $331 million they agreed to. Yeah, and the fans there celebrating that because they lost uh, well, they've Mookie Betts. They've yeah, lost everybody. Yeah. They lost Mookie Betts, and yeah. they ended up uh, losing Bogarts, Bogarts went to this San Diego, right? Right. So, so they at least got him to stay, and he's only 26, I think. So I guess 37 is not terrible when it's over, but yes, yeah. 11 years for, uh, for Devers. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network talking about the Giants' plan for Sunday coming up at 7 o'clock. You know, there's been a lot of tense, high emotions that have gone on ever since the DeMar Hamlin situation uh, happened on Monday Night Football. And, of course, he's still in critical condition. And I... I'm not interested, as I said the other day, in anything that Skip Bayless says. However, I was interested in the tension between him and Shannon Sharp yesterday uh, with that clip that went out there. So Shannon, I guess, took the day off on Tuesday because he didn't want to do the show because of the Skip Bayless tweet because that annoyed him. And then Skip had to do the show by himself. So then Shannon comes back, and I guess they had it planned where Shannon was going to do a monologue explaining his thoughts on everything and why it wasn't there and whatever else. So then, in a part of that monologue, he goes, I hope that Skip takes the tweet down. And then Skip fires in, you know, and he goes, I'm not taking it down. And then he goes, I can't even, Shannon goes, I can't even get through the monologue without you cutting me off. And then the two of them have like a real legit fight on the air. And I, I mean, it seemed to me like if I were an executive I would probably like the fact that this was going on in the way that it was. But I also thought about the executives there at Fox. You're probably thinking, like, did anybody sit these guys down and talk about, have any sort of communication about how this was going to go on the air? I mean, now, I sat there and watched the whole thing. I watched it a couple of times. I was interested in it. But it also seemed to me like they, they there was just nobody really sat them down and said, this is the way... We're going to handle it. They're hired for their opinions. Right. Just like we're hired for our opinions, and I'd like to think our credibility in certain areas. But <clears throat> the one thing I will say is don't mess with Shannon, man. That yeah. guy, I you know, working with him all these years, I love the guy. I loved working with him. He is like one of the funniest human beings that I've ever been around. Yeah. He, he would have been a great teammate to play with. He would have been awesome on the field. Um, you know, it's like we were saying yesterday, like I'm... It's a, it's a show. It's entertainment, and uh, but these guys hate each other. Uh, I mean, they, they, they probably no- do. But you also remember, if you look through some of the of Shannon's um, social media, Twitter mentions, and things of that nature, yeah. 
you know, he is he is getting, I don't want to say egged on, that's probably the wrong word, but he's getting a lot of support. Oh, sure, yeah. From ex-players and from just fans in general going after Skip because DeMar Hamlin is laying in a hospital bed. And people took Skip's initial tweet as a complete and utter insult out there in the world. And the only guy that has an opportunity to, to hold Skip accountable on air in front of everybody is Shannon. In the eyes of all those people that were upset and insulted by the tweet. Now, if that- so Shannon is pushed right. by, by all of his followers and the people that appreciate him and respect him to go after to go after uh, Skip. So he has no choice but to go in there and, and be as aggressive as he can be. Sure, absolutely. And I, I do think that that support behind him, because everybody's probably watching that thing going, go Shannon, go Shannon. But I think if there was any other media member, I know Skip Bayless is someone who's got a, a very large following. Most people know who he is. But if we were a different media member that had tweeted this out of somewhat high profile, it wouldn't have gotten the negative reaction that it got. It was Skip Bayless's reputation that preceded him that the fact that during all of this, he put something out in the first couple of lines that were talking about football and not DeMar Hamlin's health and then waited till the end of the tweet to say that it seems meaningless now. And I think if anybody else had tweeted that, it wouldn't have got the attention. It's just that everybody hates Skip. They think that he's, you know, going to be an antagonist for just being an antagonist. And then everybody went after him. Let me just tell you, Skip and Stephen A. Smith... You know, have figured it out. Sure. They have figured out how yeah. to make themselves uh, relevant and they're entertainers, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that in a situation like uh, DeMar Hamlin's situation that you have to read all the way through the tweet to the end of the tweet to finally get to like some sort of semblance of, okay, I do actually have a heart. Yeah. You know, but uh, but as you're reading the tweet, you're getting there. Forget it. You're like, you're like this guy's an idiot. Get the, you, you know, go after him, Shannon. Go get him. That kind of thing. So, I don't know. And, you know, then... Guys like Micah Parsons now all of a sudden get involved. Micah's got a... He's becoming, you know, very outspoken. Very outspoken. And, you know, and the thing about Micah is that, you know, he's a great player. He's going to get a huge contract. And, uh, you know, and he's going to continue to play football. You know, he's and because he loves the game. He's good at it. And, uh, you know, but he's, he's certainly becoming outspoken for sure. Yeah, well, without a doubt, which I mean, I tend to like from an athlete. I mean, I do. I mean, I know that we were sitting there and we were criticizing what Kayvon Thibodeau said just because I didn't think what he said was making any sense. Uh, that to me is not being outspoken and talking about your, you know, how you really feel. That's just sort of like kind of being a jerk about it because there was another guy that you were playing against that's sitting there laying hurt and Douchey. you're celebrating that. Douchey. Um, but yeah, I tend to like, I tend to like the outspoken athlete. I do. Uh, I know I, you do. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You were a little outspoken back in the day. I was. Yeah. Well, very much so, I would say. I think so. Especially during the, the 1987 strike, fighting for players' rights. That's right. And and putting the highest salary in the NFL on the line at the time. That is correct. And laying in front, front of buses. Boomer Esiason, uh, always a man who enjoys uh, speaking uh, in a microphone. Thanks, Marv. Yeah. Really Thanks, totally unnecessary. I should go in there and slap Eddie around. <laughs> One of those days, huh? Uh, Paul in Middletown. What's going on, Paul? Hello, how you doing? Good. Paul, what's happening, brother? Not much. Good to speak to you guys. Um, just a thing with uh, when you were talking about uh, Tribodeau and his celebration. Yeah, the celebration, the optics of it were horribly wrong. But, Boomer, you're saying that there should have been a flag thrown because uh, full, the quarterback landed on the football, and we're trying to avoid that. 
he just tackled him. That's that's what happens. Because earlier in the game, Jihad Ward, number 55, came through in a blitz and shot right through and got to the quarterback just about the same time the ball arrived. Wrapped him up, both hands around him, and had him, and then let go. And the ref allowed him to pass the ball down the field because Ward did not want to get the penalty. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a problem for defensive players. You're right, Paul. Paul, you're right. It's it, it's a problem for defensive players, and I don't doubt that. But what I'm saying is that, and I don't know if you've ever been hit by a guy that size, and you've been driven into the ground when they throw their entire body weight on you. I have yeah, been. It's I no have fun. Been, and I'm that big, and I played, and yeah, I love hitting people. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but the point being is that they're trying to legislate those types of hits out of the game, so guys like Nick Falls aren't laying there convulsing or whatever the hell he was doing, going going through like you know whether it be a broken rib or getting the wood knocked out of him. And they want to make the game better, but what about the running back that has to go up through the between the tackles and meet a, a linebacker that weighs two hundred eighty seven pounds coming at him full force and just smacking into him? Yeah, I know. You're a defensive player, so you're upset, kind of like Bart Scott was trying to explain the other day about how offensive players can be more aggressive than defensive players because they're trying to legislate out hits like what we saw with Kayvon Thibodeau and Nick Balls. Now, a penalty flag was not thrown on that play. No. I'm just saying that from my perspective, there should have been a penalty flag thrown on that play because I can see exactly what Kayvon Thibodeau is doing. Plus, he's a young kid. So he's here. He's trying to make tackles. He's trying to make sacks. That's why he's been brought here. And maybe he doesn't realize that, that that kind of play is trying to be ruled out of the game. I, I thought there should have been a penalty. And I bet you damn well if that were Tom Brady or uh, Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or one of those guys, I bet you there would have been a flag thrown. Yeah, and you're saying for you know driving him into the ground, not I, the initial hit. No, not the initial hit, but it's like what they want is, okay, you can hit the kid guy like that, right? but try not to and don't forcefully put your entire body weight and then force behind the hit into the guy and drive him into the ground. That's what they're trying to get away from. And look, they used to do that. I have a a video of Phil Simms being hit by Reggie White. Yeah. And it is... You watch it every day? uh, No, I don't watch it every day, but I did show it to Phil and I showed it to everybody in the NFL today because Phil and I have talked about this a lot. And, you know, we would get abused that way. And that was the way they were taught to do it. They're going to pick you up, throw you onto the ground, and then throw their entire force and body weight on you. And, you know, I we probably each absorbed at least 50 hits like that through our career. And that's what I saw on Sunday with Kayvon Thibodeau. He got Nick Foles, fine, great, you got him. Now, bring him down on your shoulders. You know what I mean? Or don't throw him down on his face and then you land directly on top of him and bring the extra force of uh, of uh, of gravity along with you. right, but you also admit that it's 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 difficult for the defensive player to change the way. That I have said that. Yeah, I have said right. Of I, I, I have, it's not I've an also, easy thing. It's not an easy adjustment. And I wonder. And I wonder if within the Demar Hamlin injury, what Bart was trying to say. I think. And again, I don't want to put words in his mouth. But again, you know, when you see it, the offensive player goes forward. And T. Higgins does exactly what he's supposed to do. And, and you know, your head's going to lead you forward. But this wasn't helmet to helmet. This was not one of those things. This was shoulder to chest. And maybe DeMar, maybe in the old days, the safety would never find themselves in that situation where their chest was completely exposed yeah. because they would come in head first. Right. And maybe he is playing to the what he feels is the rules to play to. And unfortunately, it led to his injury.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 